Leave to get up before dawn, milk cows work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, wow, it's it's really good to be on the right side of the law. And it's the right side of the issues and the right side of justice and the right side of fairness and equality and free speech. And you can go on down the list because what the conservatives are doing now that we have the House with these committee hearings is exposing the truth. And what we're seeing in the weaponization government uh, committee uh, led by Jim Jordan and the GOP um, Justice Committee, uh, Judicial Judiciary Committee, and, uh, and also the Oversight Committee, uh, they're doing yeoman's work, you know, remarkable work, uh, and a lot of things have been happening this week. Fireworks galore. It's almost so much, though, that you're like, how in the world did we get here? And, of course, the Democrats have known all along. The same people that per- per- perpetrated the Russian hoax and the same people that perpetrated uh, the COVID response are the same exact people that are perpetrating the climate scam. And they're the same exact people that are uh, supporting someone like Jesse Smollett, who said he was, uh, you know, uh, lynched in Chicago at three in the morning, right? And we know that was a hoax. And they're the same people that are overseeing the J6 committee. And they're the same people that um, have been pushing all of these different indictments against Trump. And they blow them up and they dramatize them all the while they are guilty of the crimes that they are accusing you of they're calling you racist even though they support equity and and affirmative action and all these different racial programs that are based on skin color alone quota based systems yet they're going to call you a racist because you are not about equity you're about equality 
because you are all about free speech, but not about indoctrinating and sexualizing your children. They're saying that you're the one that wants to burn the book, even though the book, though, is about, you know, sexual activities for seven-year-olds. So, I mean, it's one thing to be uh, having those books available in bookstores and magazine shops and all kinds of stuff, but it's another to actually have the stories told in a transgender storytelling hour to seven-year-olds in kindergarten or, or first grade or second grade or eighth grade. I mean, second grade or third grade. And so so basically what you have is you have this grooming and this indoctrination of children. And you know why they're doing it. They're doing it for sinister reasons. They're doing it to protect themselves from their own shenanigans. I mean, there are poll after poll now, statistics, um, incriminating the uh, sexual perver- perverse, the the uh, trans and the LGBTQ, T plus, uh, RY. I have no idea what, the, what letter they're going to come up with next, but I mean, it's, it's, um, it's destroy. You know, all the progress that, the gay, the gay community made back in the, the 80s and 90s and all the progress that women have made through the sacrifices of men's sports that are on the fringe like wrestling who got programs got cut after one year after the next in in the wake of title nine to make space and make room for and make budget room for women's athletics in college and and how that has advanced uh, women's participation in the Olympics is literally being destroyed overnight because of this trans movement. But do you think the Democrats even care? No, they don't. The kind of scars that they're going to leave behind and the kind of wounds that they are wielding with their swords is uncalculable at this point. But we are at a battle and we are at war and in war and in battle, you're going to get scratched. You're going to get wounded. You're going to get hurt. But, you know, sadly, the uh, most of their army, most of the Democrats' army is doesn't even know that they're at war. If I were to say this, exactly what I'm saying to you now, if I were to say this to my liberal friends, they would think I was a conspiracy nut and that somehow, you know, they would tell me to take a chill pill. And they'd say, things are going to be just fine, relax. But they'll relax until it's too late. Already, I think, this revelation, like the 1023 that, uh, the 1023 form that, uh, Senator Grassley has released and the whistleblowers from the IRS revealing the crimes. Now, the Democrats just want to put this and say, well, that's just Hunter Biden. He's a private citizen. He, he exploited his dad. He's a drug addict. And that, you know, leave him alone. He's, he's a victim of his own, own, own self. 
The only one hurting Hunter Biden is Hunter Biden. Well, no, he's hurting a lot of people with his sexual shenanigans and his drug abuse. But in addition to that, he's embarrassing the country. But it's a lot bigger than, broader than that, right? And we know it. That he was the front man. And I think that the stress alone from all the corruption and crimes mixed with the opportunity and all the money that you can, money can buy, all the money you could spend or dream of spending, allowed a sorry soul like Hunter Biden and a weak-minded individual and someone who, if I were to quote the release of the 1023, his business counterpart said he's, he's dumber than the guy's dog. Hunter Biden is dumber than a dog. And it was pretty sad to read that, but that's true. And that's the smartest man that Joe Biden knows. And Hunter Biden, who slept with his deceased brother's widow and has played around with minors, should not get a pass. I mean, he should not get a pass at all. Exploited hookers and escorts impregnated strippers and disowned the children. I mean, you can't get any worse than this guy. And, you know, sadly, he doesn't have the criminal record to to show for it because he gets off every single time that someone comes near him. This two standards of justice has to end. And this two standards of censorship and this two standards of free speech and this two standards of just about every aspect of our lives. When did the Democrats take over the world? And they're not representative of the people, so they don't have the power of the people. See, sadly, Trump has the power of the people. And there's hundreds of millions of us. And then you have the sheep, the weak Democrats that buy into this stuff. They're just weak and, and, and ignorant to the fact. They're not well-read. They like being spoon-fed pudding when they should be eating steak. But they're not even allowed to eat steak because that's bad for the climate. But the reason why they're really not is because cattle requires land. And land needs to be owned by the government, not by the cattle rancher. You see what I mean? See, it gets a little deeper as you peel that onion. There's a reason why they're attacking meat. It's because meat requires land. And it requires feed. So they want to get rid of all these acres of land and they want to diminish meat consumption because with without the demand for meat, there's no need for the land. It puts the agricultural business out of business. I mean, except for the select few that's going to continue to eat that steak while you eat your bugs. It's sad. So we have two stories. We have... Um, one, well, we have many, many stories, actually, today. RFK Jr. and uh, Miss Morris, uh, get her name in a second, 
but her last name is Morris. She's a writer. She was a writer for the New York Post, and she now writes for Breitbart, and she also gave an opening statement that we're going to hear. She's the one that broke the story about the laptop from hell that was censored by the FBI and the DOJ. And this was Trump's FBI and DOJ. This was a laptop that the FBI had in their possession since December 2019. And they hid it right under the president's nose. How about that? Bill Barr? How about that? James Comey? How about that? Chris Ray? How about that? I mean, Sally Yates. Remember all these people? Bruce Orr, Nellie Orr, all these. This, we've cleaned up a lot. A lot of people have lost their jobs and have gone on to work for CNN and MSNBC and Twitter at the time, the old Twitter and Facebook and all these other places. Just like when the Pentagon really, you know, has retirements for top brass in the Pentagon, they work for Raytheon, who's owned by BlackRock, that gets government contracts for missile defense and rocket propelled grenades and tank armor and bullets and ammo and machine guns and all kinds of stuff. And they make a mint off of government contracts that are no-bid contracts, or somehow the requirements are so tortured that only one company on the face of the planet Earth could actually sell that product to the government. I remember one time I was uh, asked to come in on a meeting, and it was in Pennsylvania. And they uh, said, well, he's a Native American Indian. And they wanted me, they, they asked me to come out on a boat on the Delaware River. And so I went out on the boat and met with these guys. And they said, we're proposing uh, something that I disagree with. They're, we're proposing, uh, you know, legalizing marijuana. These are all conservatives, too. Proposing m- marijuana, and we're going to talk to some of the politicians we know about some of the requirements that we would like to see in the bill that the Pennsylvania legislature is going to push through. And what we want is this one guy had this unique software, this patented software for health, because he was already in the healthcare business. And he said, we wanted to have these requirements because we have the software with patents that mimic these requirements. Nobody else could could develop software that would meet those requirements because we have the patent on it. So it's software related to healthcare that would be instrumental in the in the out uh, the uh, process of legalizing marijuana and setting up stores and shops. And then they said, well, Native American, if you have a Native American Indian on the board or as a president or something like that, You'll, you'll also get first bid or first right of refusal on contracts. So we'll put that in the legislation. And at some point, why by the time they were done the meeting, they were proposing a bill that would make it so nobody else could actually ever compete with them. 
And I turned it down. I, I rejected that whole concept. It made me almost want to throw up because it stood for everything I disagreed with. But I, I remained somewhat silent, asking just a few questions, but felt really, really ilky and dirty by the whole process. But the, the fact that remains, that whole thing happens every single day on K Street, every day, by people who know a lot more than that, those guys on the boat, by people at a higher level, at the federal level, not the state level, but the federal level, where they are constantly setting up businesses that are tailor-made for a monopolistic bidding situation with the government, where they're guaranteed to get investors because the return on investments all, all but guaranteed. And they get that money back in huge profits because their profit margins are so great because they know the government's good for paying. So that's it. You're paying for that kind of crap all the time. And that's not even the kind of crimes. That's not even, actually, that's not even crooked. That's not even violate, uh, violate, that does not violate any laws. That's not even illegal. That's legal. But what we're seeing now with the Biden crime family is well beyond the scope of imagination. I mean, you know, Watergate is child's play. And Watergate, in my opinion, was a Democrat operation to take down a sitting president, Nixon, who was who who won in a landslide and probably had the uh, the uh, support of the American people, much like Donald Trump did, was more powerful than the deep state because of the sheer popularity of the man. And so the deep state said, "We can't let this president." do what he wants. We must reel him in. So we're going to start with this 1023 business. The 1023, together with the explosive testimony yesterday of the IRS whistleblowers, allow us to fill in some blanks and add some meat to the timeline of government corruption as bad or worse than any uh, timeline of government corruption and it's as bad or worse than anything this country has ever seen. So this is by this guy named the Kingmaker. He wrote this up, and I thought it was really good. He said, The scheme began in 2014 when Hunter went on the board of Burisma. According to what Zlokevsky told the FBI's trusted CHS, Zlokevsky, Put Hunter there for protection, not by Hunter, but by VP Joe Biden. Okay, so Hunter didn't put himself there. VP Joe Biden did. The Bidens, both Hunter and Joe, twisted Zlovensky's arm in a shakedown. So Zlokovsky got his money's worth in, he got his money's worth in 2016 when Joe got the prosecutor investigating Burisma fired by threatening to withhold a billion dollars. We've all heard that video, that audio clip, right? Money had flowed to the Bidens earlier than that, 
a fact no doubt used by Hillary to induce Joe not to run. So the U.S. money had flowed to the Bidens earlier than that, a fact no doubt used by Hillary. Hillary was going to expose, because Hillary was in the know, and Hillary knew the deal that was being made, and she was going to wreck the Bidens. So the Bidens said money is worth more than being the president, especially if Hillary gets a hold of it. She's going to be, and she already has the goods because she was probably almost in on the deal. It's not clear when the FBI and CIA first became aware of the millions of foreign money paid to the Bidens, but if Hillary knew, what are the odds the nation's spies and LE officials were left in the dark? So they knew. During his campaign in 2016, Trump's campaign came under investigation by the FBI at the urging and quite a bit of produce uh, prodding by Hillary's team in the form of the Steele dossier and phony Alpha Bank hoax. The investigation continued without any evidence or legitimate predicate into Trump's presidency. The FBI even spied on congressional staffers who were getting too close to the truth that the investigation was baseless. Meanwhile, according to the 2020, uh, the 1023, the 1023, Evidence began trickling into the FBI of the Biden family corruption. A trusted informant got Zlokeski to talk, explaining in detail what the deal with the Bidens was, the money that was laundered to them, and what Burisma got in return. So it says here, when Trump called the president of Ukraine to ask for assistance in investigating what happened in Ukraine, with the prosecutor and Joe Biden, Trump was impeached. The 1023s and confidential informant never surfaced. They were buried. Now think about it. At the time, what's interesting about that story is at the time we were thinking that it was about CrowdStrike and it was about Seth Rich and it was about, you know, Debbie Wasserman Schultz getting fired and, you know, she made a big splash yesterday trying to train wreck JFK, calling him every name in the, I mean, RFK, RFK Jr. was on Capitol Hill at the Weaponization Committee. And you would think that uh, Wasserman Schultz hated RFK like with a passion. And also the Virgin Island representative uh, Pickett. But in any case, um, they just trash RFK, which, by the way, tells you everything you want to know about this election. Everything I said about RFK and Trump versus DeSantis and Biden is correct. And it was proved proved yesterday. But I knew it was correct already. And that is that because of RFK's anti-vax stand and, you know, and even climate skepticism, but he's not skeptical enough, uh, he is outside of the globalist camp. He's not beholding to anybody. He's sort of like an old school Democrat all about free speech. And that's what he proposed and and kept on harping on yesterday at the committee hearing. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where um, we're going to hear some audio today. And it's it's quite interesting. But, you know, the thing is, is that the, the race for 2024 is about globalism. 
and those who oppose globalism. It's not necessarily about Democrats and Republicans, but the entire Democrat Party has sold out to where they would trash anybody that's not on board with globalism. That's why they didn't like Bernie Sanders, because Bernie Sanders was nowhere near the globalist that they wanted him to be. Yes, he supported all the, he supported climate and he supported, you know, vaccines and COVID and all this, but he didn't do it from the globalist perspective. He did it because he's just that radically liberal because there's no one more liberal than a globalist. Globalism is a liberal concept. It's a socialist construct. It's a communistic, has communistic tendencies. It's based on Marxism. This total control of populations and people, speech, energy, food, currency, money, mobility. It's all about that. And they're using private corporations to do the dirty work because they're unelected officials that can get away with murder. And they, they don't have the risk of not getting reelected because they have the money to, to stay in power. That's what it is. That's all it is. So, I mean, and the Democrats, especially my Democrat friends that I know, have no clue as to what the dynamics of the fight is. The war that we're in. They have no concept of it. You do because you guys listen to the show and we talk about it every day. And we talk about it with different twists and turns and different little angles. And we're peeling the onion every day. But, uh, you know. It's something that disturbs me and keeps me up at night every single day. All right, so I'm going to continue with this. When Trump called the president of Ukraine to ask, you know, they realized he was right over the zone. And, and the thing is, again, I thought it was more about Hillary at the time. So maybe I was wrong there. I wasn't wrong. But I was right. But I wasn't right enough. I mean, there was more to that onion that I needed to peel. Of course, that's the type of corruption that inevitably becomes fodder for any political opponent, and the 2020 election season was upon us. So what did the FBI do with the evidence? They buried it. And they created an alternative narrative should anything come to light. The alternative narrative spread far and wide by the FBI among mainstream media and social media was that this, the, the, the narrative, the alternative narrative, was that it was all Russian disinformation. The evil Russians were at it again, trying to influence our election. Of course, to pull off that narrative, the 1023s of the CHS could never see the light of day. That included keeping it secret from investigators from another agency, the IRS, who were hot on Hunter's trail because he didn't pay taxes on millions of foreign money. That's how they got Capone, right? The 1023 was buried and laptop was buried at first, then treated publicly as Russian disinformation to help them win an election, interference, and all who espoused an alternative version of the facts were censored with the help of the FBI. Thanks to Senator Grassley, Senator Johnson, Representative Comer, Representative Jordan, and Representative Smith, we now have a far more complete picture 
of this sordid scheme. And Durham, and someone uh, chimed in, and Durham saw much of it. So no point in bringing more charges or having any other trials. <laughs> so Durham, I don't know about Durham. But uh, Mar- Mar- uh, Margot um, Cleveland uh, wrote a really good piece and in the, uh, the Federalist. And I recommend going to thefederalist.com and reading this article written by Margot Cleveland called, it's entitled Explosive FD-1023 Exposes More Biden Bribery Dirt and Teases Damning Evidence to Come. We got one guy, Greg Price, someone I follow and respect. 2015, Burisma pays a $10 million bribe to VP Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. They each got $5 million each in 2015. And they're going to get away with the statute because of the not paying taxes on that. But the bribe to have Prosecutor Victor Shokin fired, they got paid $10 million to do that. So we're not going to give you the billion dollars until you pay us $10 million and fire Victor Shokin. So 2015, Burisma pays a $10 million bribe to VP Joe Biden and Hunter Biden to have Prosecutor Victor Shokin fired. So then Biden shows up and he says, "You got to. we want you to fire Victor Shokin. And they said, no, he's a legit AG. You can't tell us what to do. Well, I'll tell you this, you're not going to get that billion dollars until you fire him. And he was fired. And that's what Joe Biden said. But to do that, to go out on that limb, he got $10 million by paid for by paid by Burisma. So 2000 and they got the they got the receipts on this. 2018 Biden brags publicly about getting Shokin fired. That was at the Council of Foreign Relations. 2019 Trump gets impeached over a phone call with Zelensky asking him what happened to the prosecutor. That's as simple as that. Testimony reveals that the FBI, this is according to the House Judiciary GOP, testimony, this is tweeted by the House Ju- Judiciary GOP. Testimony reveals the FBI knew the Hunter Biden laptop was authentic, but when asked by a social media company about the laptop's authenticity, the FBI said no further comment. Then, this tidbit, uh, Margot Cleveland writes this, this tidbit buried at the end of the FD-1023 is explosive. Per the highly credible CHS, Austin Penko, who was at the same meetings as CHS worker worked in Zelensky's administration, is he still there? Did he give Zelensky proof of Biden corruption? And so that's why uh, Zelensky's getting rich off of Biden and they're using the war as a foil, as a conduit, as a cover, as a laundering scheme. Do you follow? So Zelensky has the dirt on Biden. Biden says we're going to go ahead and pay as much money as Zelensky wants because Zelensky has the dirt on me. And so therefore, we're going to pay billions of dollars because I don't care. It's free money for me. 
but I got $10 million and I'm going to get screwed if I don't pay Zelensky what he wants. But there's a limit. Uh, you know, I could only do but so much, Vladimir. But now he's got a guy like Zelensky. They've empowered Zelensky to not only be the foil to impeach President Trump, but they've used him to start a war with Russia. They're going to invite him into the NATO because he's got dirt on everybody. And they're going to probably, he's going to get his way at some point. And then in addition to that, he's got America, and, and Trump said this, why is the EU, whose economy is equal to ours, the whole EU, their economy is measurable to ours, similar to ours. Why are we spending like $200 billion and they're spending $20 billion? They're spending 10% of what we're spending. Why is that? And that's what Trump asked in an interview. He said, it's just not right. It's not fair. Because they're the ones under threat, not us. But the, the reason why the money's being paid is because Zelensky has the dirt on Biden. And Biden is the richest uh, investor in the Ukraine war than any other player. And he's a puppet to Zelensky and to everybody he sold out to, like China. So this this is very interesting. Let's let's side let's uh, let's side aside politics, uh, slide aside politics for just a second. Someone tweeted this. We have a person who took bribes in the White House, who then made policies based on those bribes that have led this country to the brink of World War III. Now, if that doesn't fall under impeachable offenses, impeachment is worthless. Yeah, I mean, right? So this is what happened. Is the 1023s reveal that Biden took money from Ukraine to fire, uh, paid on behalf of Burisma, to fire the prosecutor. He bragged about it on video. But he got $10 million for that deed. Meanwhile, Hunter also got $3.5 million from the mayor of Moscow. No one has ever explained that one. So, I mean, we're talking about tens of millions of dollars, if not, you know, I mean, we're talking right there, that's $13.5 million. That doesn't even include China. I mean, I, I think that there's just so much more going on here than meets the eye. So I recommend uh, check, checking out the Federalist, uh, the Margot Cleveland article. Uh, check that out. So Chuck Grassley says this: Grassley obtains and releases FBI record alleging Vice President Biden foreign bribery scheme. Grassley, Comer to continue joint inquiry into FBI handling of significant politically charged investigations. Now I think that there's going to be an impeachment over this. I do, and I think that. Uh, Biden hasn't even set up a re-election campaign apparatus at all. And I think that it's telling. And I think that um, Gavin Newsom's going to play a part in the mix. I think that the Democrats are going to exploit the hell out of this and make Kamala Harris the first black female president. 
She's going to bring in, um, you've heard it here. Um, this is my prediction. Roger Stone's prediction was different than this one. And <clears throat> I think he's, <clears throat> she's going to bring in Gavin Newsom as the vice president. And then she's going to say, I don't want to be a president. I want to be a senator. She's going to run for Feinstein's Senate seat. And then against Adam Schiff, who I think Kamala will end up winning that. She'll be the senator. And Gavin Newsom will be the nominee for the Democrat Party. And where it goes after that? Well, only the election fraud will determine that. And that's, that's, that's just all there is to that. The House Oversight Committee weighed on them this, and they said this. This is the Oversight Committee. They said the FD-1023 form alleging then-Vice President Joe Biden was involved in a $5 million bribery scheme with a Burisma executive has been released. Senator Grassley acquired the record in FD-1023 via legally protected disclosures by Justice Department whistleblowers. So Joe Biden is in big, big trouble. So here's, um, we're going to get to the weaponization of government and we're going to start with, well, let's take a listen to this uh, Donald Trump and, (coughs) well, no, 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 we're not going to listen. We're not going to do this one just yet. Um, all right. I'm going to get to this one. All right. So I'm going to, we're going to listen to the opening statement of Mrs. Morris. This is, um, the, uh, Emma Joe Morris, editor at Breitbart and former editor. Let's take a listen to this weaponization of government. And, uh, this is going to be about five minutes almost. All right. My name is Emma Jo Morris, a politics editor at Breitbart. Um, I'm here today because I published a series of news stories three years ago in October of 2020 about Hunter Biden's now infamous laptop, also known as the laptop from hell, uh, which is seen as some of the most scandalous reporting of the last decade. Um, What was more scandalous than the reporting itself, though, was the fact that it exposed the unholy alliance between the intelligence community, social media platforms, and legacy media outlets. At the time, I was deputy politics editor at the New York Post, and um, my reporting showed that despite then-candidates Joe Biden's repeated and furious denials, he was apparently involved in the foreign business deals of his family. Over several days, just weeks before Americans would vote for their next president, I revealed verified, authentic emails from the Biden Scions hard drive showing Ukrainian business partners receiving leaks from the Obama White House. I documented an off-the-books meeting between then-Vice President Biden and a Ukrainian energy executive and introduced the world to the big guy um, who got action on a deal with CEFC, China Energy Company. The Post published exactly how the material for the reporting was obtained, even identifying our sources, um, as well as a federal subpoena showing the FBI was in possession of the material the story was based on and had been since December of 2019. Um, But when the stories appeared on social media that morning, the venue where millions of Americans go to find their news and editors to get their angles, uh, within hours the reporting was censored on all major platforms on the basis of being called hacked or Russian disinformation. Um, 
Twitter refused to allow users to share the link to the stories, banned the links from being shared in private messages, a policy, by the way, that's used to clamp down on child porn um, and lock the post out of its verified account. Facebook said it would curb distribution and reach of the links on its platform. However, the stories were not based on hacked materials, nor were they Russian disinformation. And despite those claims appearing to come out of thin air at the time, we would eventually learn that they actually didn't come out of thin air at all. On October 19th, five days after the Post began publishing, Politico ran a story headlined, Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo, dozens of former Intel officials say. God, I can't even say that with a straight face, you know? (laughs) Politico printed a letter completely uncritically from veteran members of the U.S. intelligence community falsely claiming that the Post expose has, quote, all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. My God. <laughs> Most notable among the signatories of that letter were Jim Clapper from former DNI, Michael Hayden, former CIA, John Brennan, former CIA. Despite having such damaged credibility following their participation in the Russia collusion conspiracy theory. A few days later, on October 22nd, when Biden appeared in the second presidential debate, and was uh, confronted with the facts of the Post's reporting, he said to Trump, quote, 50 former national intelligence professionals said this, what he's accusing me of is a Russian plot. But it was not. Um, And he knew that. Now, fast forward to this year, three years later. Just last spring, House investigators revealed it was a call by now Secretary of State Antony Blinken to former acting CIA Director Michael Morell that prompted the spy letter published by Politico, which bypassed agency approval processes that would have been normally applied. It is also now known that ahead of my reporting, federal agencies were priming social media companies to execute an operation to discredit it. According to internal documents released by Elon Musk upon his acquisition of Twitter, the FBI and other intelligence community members essentially directed the platform's censorship operation, in part externally by working with top management and in part internally by social media companies hiring eye-popping numbers of agency alumni. Journalist Michael Schallenberger reported, based on documents he obtained from Musk, that during all of 2020, the FBI and other law enforcement agencies repeatedly primed Twitter executives to dismiss reports of Hunter Biden's laptop as a Russian hack and leak operation. Feds arranged for top secret security clearances to be granted to Twitter management and even had encrypted messaging networks set up, which they dubbed a virtual war room. To this day, hundreds of people from the intelligence community work at social media companies. Over the last few years, my reporting has been confirmed by virtually every mainstream news outlet, from the Washington Post to the New York Times to Politico, when the stakes were nothing, by the way, two years later. No one denies that the laptop is real, that the origin story is exactly what I told you it was in the first place. This elaborate censorship conspiracy wasn't because the information being reported on was false, It was because it was true, and it was a threat to the power centers in this country. What this relationship between the U.S. government officials and American corporations represent is is an unprecedented push to undermine the First Amendment, the right to think, write, read, say whatever we want, and how we respond will determine whether we see a free press as inalienable or as optional. Thanks. Wow. Yeah, that was really a great open. I thought it was really well done. Um, I want to get back to uh, the I want to listen. I want to remind ourselves of these two clips 
related to the FD-1023. This is Joe Biden at the Foreign Council uh, Council of for on Foreign Relations. And uh, I remember showing this to a liberal friend of mine who is actually in the journalist business and thought this was complete hoax. Uh, now, of course, she must know that it's not. But um, here it is. I'll, I'll give you one concrete example. I, I, I was... Not I, I, but it just happened to be that was the assignment I got. I, I, I got all the good ones. Uh, and uh, so I got Ukraine. And uh, um, I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev. And, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to the press conference. Said, "No, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. You know, I can only think that that's, it's not stupidity. It was stupid. It was definitely stupid that he did that. But at the time, he must have been thinking of... Putting that on record, that he was the one that made it happen. Maybe the money didn't get transferred to him at the time. Maybe he was pushing the idea, but he said it publicly, of exactly that he was responsible for the guy getting fired. Somehow he was talking to somebody other than the people in that room. Telling somebody, I was the one that made that happen. Maybe it was a question of he got paid, um, but somehow uh, he wanted future deals of, of, of uh, you know, flexing his muscles. And he wanted everybody, in the, maybe somebody said, well, who knows? It was, it was Obama, you know, because, you know, a lot of talk is going on right now about Obama knew everything. O- Obama was the puppet master and that, you can't tell me that Obama didn't know that these deals were being made. And yet he sat there in an interview on on the Super Bowl and, and to uh, Bill O'Reilly and said, not a smidgen of corruption. <laughs> but here's the thing. Joe Biden is stupid, but he's not that stupid. He was basically saying something to somebody in that meeting. This is the first time I've thought about that. I never thought about I never had that thought until just this moment. But that, that to me makes sense that he did that. All right, so we got this uh, clip here. This is, this is even better. This is him talking to Poroshenko, the guy he shook down, the former leader of Ukraine before Zelensky. Yesterday, I met me with the general prosecutor Shokin. Yes. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, 
We don't have any information about him doing something wrong. I especially ask him to resign. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked at it and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. And one hour ago, he bring me the written uh, statement of his resignation. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Will there come a time when you have to say to President Zelensky that the United States cannot support his country any longer? Thank you. We are going to support Ukraine as long as it takes. As long as it takes to keep Zelensky's mouth shut, right? I mean, I believe that's what's really going on there. Um... Here's where Biden lectures Ukraine in 2015 before their parliament. But in addition, you also have a battle, a historic battle against corruption. And it's not enough to set up a new anti-corruption bureau and establish a special prosecutor fighting corruption. The office of the general prosecutor desperately needs reform. The judiciary should be overhauled. The energy sector needs to be competitive, ruled by market principles, not sweetheart deals. Corruption siphons away resources from the people, it blunts the economic growth, and it affronts the human dignity. The United States is with you in this fight. We understand we're with you afar. It's much harder for you than it is for us. We've stepped up with official assistance to help backstop the Ukrainian economy. We've rallied the international community to commit a total of $25 billion in bilateral and multilateral financing to support Ukraine. It includes $2 billion in U.S. loan guarantees and the possibility of more. Yesterday, I announced almost $190 million in new American assistance to help Ukraine fight corruption, strengthen the rule of law, implement critical reforms, bolster civil society, advance energy security. That brings our total of direct aid to almost $760 million in direct assistance in addition to loan guarantees since this crisis broke out. And we were, that is not the end of what we're prepared to do if you keep moving. Please, for the sake of the rest of us, selfishly on my part, don't waste it. That's a sales pitch, folks. That is a sales pitch. There's more to come, but you got to keep these palms greased. <laughs> anyway, Paul Sperry writes, breaking, Burisma oligarch Zlovkeski told an FBI informant, a U.S. businessman, that Hunter Biden was stupid as his dog was smarter. That's a quote. But that he needed to keep him on the Burisma board in quotes, to protect us, though through his dad, from all kinds of problems. Wow. That's some crazy stuff. Before we head out of Dodge, I want to, um, there's a lot of things we can play. Uh, I want to play this Trump thing on the Burisma scandal. Let's take, take a listen to this. All right. Don't forget, Ukraine hated me 
They were after me in the election. They wanted Hillary Clinton to win. It's a very corrupt country. I mean, I love the people in Ukraine, but it's known as being the third most corrupt com- country in the world. Mr. Kent, uh, corruption in Ukraine is endemic. Yeah. Oligarchs take control uh, often by a virtual theft. You know, for example, the, the right to uh, certain energy licenses, correct? That is one element, yes, sir. The company Burisma, its um, leader, Sochevsky, he has a, a little bit of a storied history of corruption, doesn't he? Uh, Mr. Zlochevsky was Minister of Energy from 2010 to 2012, and he used his regulatory authority to award uh, gas exploration licenses to companies that he himself controlled. That would be considered an act of corruption in my view, yes. To my knowledge, the case against Zlochevsky, the former minister, was shut down December of 2014. Okay. And right around that time, Burisma starts uh, adding... Uh, officials to its board. Zlochevsky invited uh, a series of new individuals to join the board in 2014. And who are some of the folks he added to the board? Most prominent one in this context is Hunter Biden. You testified in your deposition that you expressed some concern to the vice president's office. That is correct. And and what did they do about that concern that you expressed? Uh, I have no idea. I reported my concern to the office of the vice president. Okay, and that was the end of it? You would have to ask people who worked in the office of the vice president uh, during 2015. It says, but when Kent raised the issue with Biden's office, he was told the then vice president didn't have the bandwidth to deal with the issue involving his son as his other son. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. Shokin was pushed out because his office seized Burisma assets in a massive money laundering investigation. Hunter Biden was in the thick of it. So Joe Biden picked up the phone and using one billion U.S. tax dollars made the problem of Victor Shokin disappear. I said, you're not getting the billion we heard we heard that but yeah that's uh the lead up to it this uh this stuff is a bombshell and things are going to change from this point forward uh this is going to have huge ramifications on the globalists uh in general throughout the world because without the united states participation in globalism globalism fails to work because it feeds off of the profits of capitalism well, with that, uh, brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. This show is a big part of that. No ads on this show. We're commercial-free. And uh, be sure to go over to MyPillow.com and use Red State as your promo code. We'll see you next time on the radio. Goodbye, buddy.